But um, yeah, thank you for everyone that uh, joined. Um, I'm going to let Ian do a little bit more of the talking on this one because my voice is not the best. But I'll definitely contribute. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, the Degenerates. Uh, we have with us Jonathan Doe and Felicia Fisher, um, both stars of the film. It's actually it's cool to see Jonathan acting, for sure. Um, so look forward to that, if you haven't seen it already. I just fucking slammed a burrito, so hopefully this movie doesn't make me barf it up. Hopefully it does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ready for some sick shit. This, is, this looks awesome. Have you, you haven't seen it? I have not. Oh, you're in for a treat. Oh. It's kind of, it's, it seems funny. It's, it's kind of, we didn't mean to do it like this, but it kind of seems to be the way where it's like Ian goes in blind and I'm the one that's seen it. Either that or, or borrow it from you, but we've both had COVID the last couple yeah, months. So. Yeah, so I would have probably gave you a copy, but yeah. let you borrow. Cool. Anyways, all right. Let's yeah, this. welcome everybody. Uh, getting going. All right. Uh, one, two, three, and play. Be quiet during the movie. I know, right? So... So have you already started kind of figuring out and recording the third one, or is that still just uh, figuring it out and brainstorming it? Had a meeting about it today at Yeah, we had a... (laughs) (laughs) Felicia and I have have talked prior to this this morning, and uh, we went over all of our scenes and talked about what everyone's comfortable doing and it's gonna be pretty fun and gross and you guys are in for some cool stuff this year nice really cool stuff I would hope for gross (laughs) that's what we do best (laughs) (laughs) how's all the you said you were done um, recording for the guinea pig, uh, Felicia, but is, uh, is that pretty much it? Do you, do you have any knowledge of when that's supposed to come out? or? No, I don't. Jesse would be the one to um, ask about that. Jesse Seitz. Uh, yeah. I just shot my part <clears throat> oh. uh, back in like June or July or something, I think, and that was it. So... Yep, that's all in her hands now. I really, I really don't know. Um, it was in Rue Morgue, as Rue Morgue. some of you might know. Uh, it was featured in Rue Morgue, pictures and stuff from it. So, it's gonna happen. I'm just not sure when. Uh, Slaughter of the Swine is gonna come out first, and then uh, Chum Bucket is gonna come out next. Oh, okay. Uh, when is that one coming out? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I just know that Slaughter of the Swine is... Whoa. In post-production. That's quite the reveal. And this is all public information. I'm not giving anything away. You guys, if you guys were on Facebook, you would know this on the... Actually, films has talked about it. But the next American guinea pig film is Slaughter of the Swine. Uh, and that one is in post-production, getting finished up right now. 
and Marcus and Jesse still have some stuff that they need to shoot uh, to finish up Chum Bucket, but that's the next one after that. So that tape glitch you're, you're that like we just... Chair standing supported, right? that's the whole... Huh? Uh, yours is like a death, a death chair scene or something like that? Uh, um, I don't know how much I'm supposed to talk about, oh, okay. but yeah. Oh, I was going to ask a question. I saying something about the death chair scene last time I interviewed her, but yeah, it's, I get it. I don't want to get into information. I was going to ask a question about the movie. Uh, how did you do the like tape glitching? This movie? Yeah, like, it's, there's certain times when the tape really glitches out. Was that, like, digitally added, or was that... Um, no, every, everything pertaining to the degenerates, it was all uh, done very practically. So we shot the film with a VHS camera, and then we degraded the film. Uh, we took the footage that we got from the VHS camera and digitized it and put it onto the computer, and then I did an edit of it. Then I sent it over to Marcus Cook, and then he took it and then dubbed it back onto VHS, and then he made he literally made a real uh, third or fourth generation bootleg by transferring VHS tapes over and over and over again and degrading the film. And then once we got it to the look that we wanted, we digitized it again. So what you guys are all going to see right now is a legit uh, fourth generation bootleg of a couple's wedding video. So basically like analog style yep it's analog so we didn't use any after effects we didn't use any filters uh we did it we did it how we want i wanted this film to be as much feel like a pseudo snuff legit found footage film as possible um without actually killing anyone so <laughs> and it already looks so much better than most of these types of movies yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even the special effects look better because of the degradation of the tape. Because it like yeah. kind of covers up all the scenes, you know? So since the fact you digitalize it, does it still make it an SOV? I'm sure people could categorize it that. I realize, I realize after I finished the film that the film can fall under a lot of different subgenres. So it's a pseudo-snuff film, a found footage film. I've heard other people call it an SOV film, and then there's uh, a genre called mumblecore, but then there's uh, an, a subgenre within mumblecore called mumblegore, and I found out it fall under mumblegore too. So we hit a lot of different subgenres with this film, which I think is pretty cool. Which is weird, because wasn't your next considered a mumblegore film? Just because the filmmakers were part of the mumblecore movement? I think so. I mean, I'm, I I like mumblecore, but I'm not an expert on the genre. I just like I just really like that um, the methodology of the acting and all of that kind of stuff, and so I incorporated that into yeah. this film. It was just know I like to make movies, so yeah, But I'm no I'm no mumblecore ex- expert, but I am a mumblecore fan yeah. and a mumblecore fan. Same. I bet there are people watching. The What's so the definition much? of mumblecore? Just for it's, just a, it's a it was like a movement of amateur filmmakers um and indie filmmakers and uh, most mumblecore films like fall under like dramas and comedies and they're very uh character driven and much of the dialogue is improvised and it's uh there's just kind of like an aesthetic and style to it um but then a lot of horror directors started taking a lot of those principles that exist within uh, mumblecore, like kind of the 
uh, improv dialogue and kind of like the loose, rather than it following like a, following a really strict script, it's kind of more just focused. Like you're focusing on like a character study almost. Creep and Creep Two are an example. Of, of, creep and Creep Two would be an example of like horror. Yeah, creep, creepy, creep two are mumble board films, and uh, yeah. So, I mean, I just, I just like that style of filmmaking, yeah. and uh, but you, you'll see some of those, a lot of those elements within the degenerates too. Especially with all the blood. But like the Duplass brothers uh, came out of the mumblecore movement, stuff like that. That was funny when you started doing the foilies. It's like that's not how you do a foily. Foily? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you done foilies? I know how to do. <laughs> There's, as long as you get what you're trying to get out of it, no, I think that's idea. all that matters. I was, I was more stupid. <laughs> Should we walk up to the white? Yeah. yeah. Fun fact, the pen that I used was from my old job. <laughs> no. We saw coyotes in the cemetery. This was in Graceland Cemetery. What state is that? Uh, it's in Chicago. Oh, okay. Illinois. And what state are both of you guys from? Chicago? Um, I currently reside in Illinois. Oh, okay. And I'm in San Diego. Oh, San Diego. Okay, so you guys came together. You guys came pretty far distance to come together. Yep. We're a good team. So, most, all the movies we've made have been shot in Chicago. That's cool. You think you'll ever shoot anywhere else? What'd you say? You think you'll shoot anywhere else? Like Hawaii or something? Alaska. Uh, it's all about where we can get people together, you know. So we shot Barf Bunny and uh, Marcus and Jesse and Felicia are, are all in Illinois, so that was the most logical place for us all to meet. You know, I was kind of the on my own little island out in, in uh, San Diego, so mm-hmm. it's kind of where I don't know. I'm not. I'm willing to travel. We've we've talked about going different different places to shoot stuff. I mean, my uh, I shot. Uh, my short for Marcus Cook's Symbolicus. Um, I shot that in Idlewild, which is in um, North... I don't know if it would fall into San Diego County or not. Maybe North County of San Diego. It's Southern California. I shot that in Southern California. Plans of doing the touring cities? We definitely would love to go do some more dark tours and stuff. I'm sure you guys will see that in the future whenever... Our schedules can allow that to happen. Yeah, I would have kind of slow, uh, slowed down period too. Yeah, that video is cool. Yeah, we we actually had like a whole trip planned, but then COVID got in the way. It was like pretty much set to happen, and then COVID hit. So. Yeah, I get kind of nervous traveling right now. Like I have traveled, but I always just worry about getting stuck somewhere you know um yeah maybe in the future i'd like to shoot in like la or something but i'm very fortunate that john is willing to come out here and shoot and stuff yeah yeah 
think it's really cool having like shot movies in Chicago too, because I don't feel like a lot happens out here really, you know? Yeah. I mean, like me and Jesse shot in Illinois, and I know that there are other directors and stuff in the Midwest, like um, Victor Bonacore and Marcus took, obviously. But like, yeah, it feels really cool to be like, yeah, we're from the Midwest. I'm from the Midwest, and we make movies here. So, thank you, John, being down to take the oh, flight. Yeah. Uh, pandemic. <laughs> Did you sell all of the Polaroids from this? Yeah, all the Polaroids sold out almost, uh, like, within, within less than a week they all sold out, but most of them sold out within an hour. Yeah, I bought, I bought it right when it posted, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think I waited to beat. I was just like, because I was afraid it was going to sell out, so I was just like, right as soon as he posted, I was like, I already had my picked up and everything. Wow. Thank you. That's really exciting. Yeah, all the Polaroids sold really quickly, and then, uh, and a lot of the props have sold. Like, the head's gone, and I think both arms are gone. All the saws are gone. Uh, Let me see you gonna be some really fun props for this new one that's for sure yeah i'm excited you guys should be hyped there's gonna be so many props <laughs> so much stuff that miss felicia is gonna wear yeah and my yes um we should talk further about that i did a little online shopping earlier i did a little look see oh. online <laughs> awesome Gosh, I don't know. Yeah. Why don't you take the stuff out of the background? I don't know, man. We're just taking pictures. Yeah, but like that doesn't look good. What kind of photographer leaves the stuff in the? Okay, anyway. So you can ask questions or we comment. I'll just respond. But... It's hot. That looks like something. Yeah. I would. I would just go to that. Oh my gosh. Um, I didn't get the box, but I saw that you had kind of like a um, like a full printed type thing. Um. Were those on like cardstock, or what were those printed on? Uh, so this film's like really inspired by the Robert Beckwith case, um, and so like this scene right here is us kind of uh, doing our own interpretation of kind of that kind of thing. And so when you buy the box set, uh, it comes with two stills that are actually from behind the scenes, but. One of them is a is a photo of Felicia um, posing just like Janine Clark did uh, with Robert Beckwith's corpse. She's posing with uh, uh, this corpse that we have, and then um, the other picture is just a picture of the corpse as well. But when you get the box set, it comes with uh, hair clippings um, because we saw at the beginning of the film she's like giving the corpse a haircut, so those hair clippings. Uh, encased in kind of like a, a, a police evidence bag. It's actually a legit police evidence bag that I bought from the police, some kind of police store, and then are online. Um, but then it comes with those photographs as well. So I want it to be like an evidence box, like you're almost looking at these photographs that we took. So it's pretty cool, and they're on nice card stuff. They're really nice. That was a really pleasant surprise. Like, opening it up and getting that note from you on one, and then having the other ones, like, damn, this is so cute. <laughs> yeah, I try to try to make it worth everyone's money to get the box sets and have them be filled with lots of little goodies. 
fashion show? Yeah, it would be really hot, do you think? Yeah, but you gotta do it with him, too. Why? So talking about uh, kind of like improvising things, like this scene that's coming up right now was not something that we originally planned, like this whole fashion show. Um, Felicia, you could probably talk more about this, but when we were first like in pre-production, we were like thinking about that this film's gonna kind of take place in the 80s, and so uh, Felicia, you started shopping around for clothes, and you got a whole bunch of different clothes, and it was hard to decide like <laughs> what outfit your character was gonna wear because you were naked most of the time, so it was really just gonna be like one outfit. But with all the cool outfits that you got, we ended up making the decision to to do this fashion show, which I think is shows kind of how kind of the relationship between both of our characters in a way. It's really fun shopping for this and being able to try stuff on. I'm really into thrifting, and I hit up a bunch of thrift stores in Chicago um, to find the outfits and stuff. I found my outfit for Chum Bucket that way too, actually. <laughs> but I, I found that dress at yeah thrift store. I found that one at a thrift store too, and it fit me like perfectly, which is crazy. I still have them in my closet. If anyone would like to purchase them, let's talk. Possibly. Pick me up. I love consignment stories like and Goodwills and stuff but I think about 90 99% of mine is definitely hand-me-down or secondhand type stuff uh, yeah I love it I love it so much same yeah I mean, I don't like that I have allergies, so sometimes going through some of those stories, like, I feel like shit right afterwards, but, um, it's worth it. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sometimes my hands get itchy, or sometimes they smell kind of funny. Yeah, but... just, you just never know. Like, some shit's just super musty, and it's sitting in someone's closet. I know people that have worked at those places, then they hate the way that they smell, but it would just get up in their sinuses all day. Oh, yeah. Panties for satin panties I found uh, in a thrift store forever ago. Like, it was one of those places where um, they clearly, like, raided, like, storage units or something, and I found this suitcase that had a bunch of, like, 80s lingerie in it. And then, like, something tells me... This is someone's special stash for sexy dress up fun times. But yeah. Serious signs. Serious good signs. Serious ass. <laughs> no booty. <laughs> no, we get it, you like booty. <laughs> So that's the, is that the thrift store stuff? Um, stain them? Is that what you asked? Yeah, because it seems like them being so white. Imagine they got pretty fake blood drenched. <laughs> I believe I did. You didn't take them though, right, John? No, I don't have them. I think you have most of the clothes still. 
So yeah, I don't, I don't okay. I'm 99% sure those did get fake blood on it. I know the bra did. I know they're up in my closet in my box of special stuff from movies and things like that. Yeah, so I have a question for it. Felicia from the Discord. Um, so what do you think about sexual violence towards mostly women in extreme cinema? All right. Outfit um, number two. Can I get some elaboration on the question from the person that asked? Um, that's just what they asked. Um, yeah, go ahead and reiterate what you mean. Like, I don't know I'm if they sure mean what I'm supposed to think. Yeah. I know that I'm very fortunate to have only worked with, like, directors that have been really nice to me. I know that that isn't always necessarily the case. But, I mean, it isn't the case on any film set, whether it's a more, like, vanilla mainstream movie or, like, a fucked up, like, a horror fetish film, you know? Um, yeah, I think violence in movies, like should ideally be done by consenting parties should just be acted out and all of that I, I don't think it matters that like violence against women is being depicted on screen in fact I think some people that have experienced violence as women might find it like healing to see that you know I feel like that's why some people are into um true crime and stuff like that you know uh I don't know yeah, I think from the question, the way it was asked, I think it's fine. Yeah, I think it's just mostly they're asking about it being um, women being exploited a lot and in comparison to men, and that women are more exploited. Oh, damn, that's fucking Exploited in what way? In horror, yeah. I mean, just in horror in general. I and mean, just like you, you see more female victims, you see more, um, you know, that type thing. But it's a genre where everything's exploited. I would say, yeah, because you right. know, you're making money off of extremes. Yeah, I mean, and what's fantasy and what's reality is completely different when it comes to making an yeah. extreme film. Yeah. My favorite part about that dress is watching you take it off. I. Think People choose to do what they want when they agree to do a film role generally in a perfect world. And I think, I don't know. We don't know what I think when it comes to that. Like, I don't. I feel like people's arguments about people being exploited on film makes me think about the argument that any woman that does porn is being exploited, and that makes me really angry. I think there's a big difference in, you know, especially for now, and like I think there's a lot of a female empowerment where, you know, you can basically promote and push whatever you want and don't have to go through some sleazy label to get yourself out there. Uh, I mean, as with any job, it's empowering for some not empowering for others. Um, I could ramble for hours about this, honestly, but I'm gonna, yeah, stop myself there. But 
Um, if someone in the follow-up wants to ask further or more specific questions about that, we could talk about that. Yeah, But, yeah. I know we're supposed to be quiet, but thank you very much for your answer. So this, uh, well, I'll wait, I'll wait to see what happens here, and then I'm going to add a little bit of context to this scene. Questions in the chat, or should I shut up while we watch? Oh no, this? you're welcome to say whatever. Um, I am curious on like if there's like a different mindset you have to set to yourself when you're doing porn versus a scene like this for just like kind of like a horror movie. Um, do you feel like there's a different mindset you put yourself in, or is it kind of just the same? Oh my god, kind of the same in some ways. I mean, God of porn is just a fantasy. Some of it, I'm in a more horny headspace. But I think when I'm doing both horror movies and porn movies, it's always like I need to be aware of how I look and how the camera looks and the set and making sure I'm getting my good angles. And it's a lot more than just like rubbing your like vagina, you know? Like, right. Uh, yeah, not necessarily like self-conscious. Well, yeah, like, aware. Aware of, yeah, conscious of self. <laughs> aware that I'm like filming something and I need to get like the best aesthetics of it, you know? Like, yeah, it taps into the same like place in my mind in a lot of ways. Like both of them do. Oh, yeah? Like for stuff like this, it's more just like gross out like nasty horror stuff versus I'm trying to make it someone horny and come. So Yeah, you almost probably need to separate yourself a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, acting. <laughs> that came out of my pussy and it's covered in blood. So talking about like Im improvising things, uh, this was a scene that we didn't originally have written down, but when I was out and we were kind of, because uh, I was in Chicago for a couple of days before we actually shot, hard. we were like kind of planning everything out. And Felicia, you told me that you thought you were about to start your period and you asked me if, uh, if you did, if we wanted to incorporate it into the film. And I got super hyped on that because I'm always down for things to be gross, but it also is kind of a reference to another pseudo snuff film called Muzani, which also centers around uh, a porn actress who's abducted, who's the star of uh, a genre of porn called menstrual mania. So this film is kind of my love letter to like pseudo snuff films. And so it was not intended, but we had this opportunity to shoot this period blood scene. And it's kind of like we had the opportunity to give uh, an homage to Muzani, which was really cool. So did the hotel staff have any idea what you guys were doing? 
pieces. Yeah. No. <laughs> so? Was this a hotel or a motel? It is a hotel, and we shot we shot Barf Bunny in this exact same hotel room. So, yeah, we did a lot of that. People don't know the nasty things that have taken place in that room. But it was kind of a seedy hotel anyway, so I'm sure we weren't the first that have done disgusting things there. I don't think so. Right. <laughs> they probably had some weird things. <laughs> just keep it clean. We always make sure it's very clean after. I don't want to be an asshole to the staff or whatever. Yeah. Or you don't, have you also don't want to pay for or Have you had a lot of mess that you had to clean up afterwards? Or? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Barf Bunny was a huge mess. This was a huge mess. This was, like, a really long shoot, and I remember, like, we, we finally finished shooting, and I was, like, so exhausted from it, and I was like, oh, my God, now I have to clean this whole fucking thing up. Did you guys sleep in that room at night, or did you just, like, go home or go somewhere else at night? Like, were you in this room the whole time? Or? We shot we shot the degenerates, and then we cleaned up the room, and... Uh, we went to sleep, and then we shot the more the the very end of the film. We shot it in the morning, and then we went on our our dark tours and road trip. So you were in the room the whole time. Yeah, I mean we we shot in the same room that we stayed in. Oh, okay. Maybe you gotta put that like it's gonna be touching. Yeah. Sounds messy. Was it weird putting yourself in front of the camera, Jonathan? Since you haven't really done it. Uh, I've, I've, I mean, I've done acting before and stuff. I just don't like the way that I look, so I just needed to like get over that fact. <laughs> but other than that, I was pretty comfortable like acting and everything like that. Like, uh, I don't know. It was, I knew, I knew it, the character that I wanted to have, and I knew the kind of relationship I wanted Felicia and I's characters to have. So I didn't, I didn't feel too uncomfortable with it. It's just one of those things where you're like, you see yourself on camera and you're like, gross, you know, but, but I wanted it to feel, uh, very, uh, authentic, you know, and I feel like I look like a normal, I wanted to feel like a, like a home video that normal people would shoot or normal looking people would shoot. You know? That whole feeling of seeing yourself on camera being like gross was like a way that I felt for a really long time. Like I'm finally, I'm like eight years into being like a cam model and shooting and everything. So like I'm past it now for the most part, but I still get that way too at times. And I used to get it all the time where I see myself and I'm like gross. Like, I'm not gonna watch myself. Like stuff like that. It's really stressful. Yeah, with my YouTube channel and stuff, like, I, I I, still feel that feeling of gross, but it's, like, an acceptance. Like, well, that's what you look like. <laughs> now go talk to the camera, you know? But, uh, yeah. I don't know. That seems so stressful, having, like, a YouTube channel and having to edit it. At least, like, with, like, masturbating and stuff, it's like, okay, I'm rubbing my pussy for the next five minutes. Cool. I'm gonna start scrolling Twitter like while I do this. <laughs> oh. yeah. Yeah. But I'm kind of curious. You uh, used to do like commissioned shave videos and stuff. Have you kind of stopped doing that, or do you just kind of like kind of sticking with what you're? Because you seem to have like an image of you know 
who you are, like more of a natural look. Um, do you you plan on sticking that, or if somebody paid you again to shave, would you do it? I would definitely shave again if someone paid me. Mm, yeah, it's hard to do some simple change for that, but I, I'd love to do it. I used to have someone buy my pubes pretty often too. He's like disappeared, but if anybody wants to buy my pubes, please hit me up. FeliciaFisherX at gmail.com. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like to. I just like, yeah, A, nobody's hit me up. B, I haven't felt a desire. I like being hairy. Like, I think the world's used to me being hairy by now. Yeah. Yeah, and ultimately it gives you more pukes. Wiggle your toe if you're good. <laughs> it's like I'm growing a crop. Um, are there any other questions from people? There are, um, but some I want to wait on because I think that they're going to be a really big discussion and I don't want to ask too much. Um, one was kind of bringing into Sam, Sam Hell's big announcement and I, don't, I want to get into that one later. Um, um, but no, not so far. But yeah, anybody have any questions, let me know. Well, an interesting thing here, so so I've been talking a lot about how we like improvised a lot of this film, but we did have um, like cues basically that would, or like statements that our characters would say that kind of push the scene in a certain direction. I know we're talking over this or whatever, but uh, that scene that we just saw, the golden shower scene where she pisses on the corpse, uh, I, Felicia had a line that said like, you think we could put him back together? And then we kind of, uh, reassemble him and he doesn't come back together and, and Felicia makes a statement like oh it's not working and so I say well maybe it's like a jellyfish you just gotta piss on it and so that's an example where we had like actual lines in the film but then and we knew that uh, the next steps was going to be to urinate on the corpse and then both of us would express frustration that it didn't work so that was kind of like the extent that we knew of the direction that we were going to going to go in, but uh, that was the extent of it. So a lot of the lines and jokes and stuff during that scene that people think are funny, we were just thinking off the cuff. Whose cow was that? I believe that is the little random cuts in between are just like home video footage from Marcus that he cut in there. So it's probably Marcus's cat, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, I have someone asking. I know. I know you've answered this before, um, but are you going to do any kind of scat film? Or you ever thought about doing a scat film? Base yeah, price like is one thousand dollars. Oh yeah. wait, what? Are you asking me or? I'm asking Jonathan. I'm asking Jonathan because he um, he was talking about doing different fetishes, and one that was asked that he'd be willing to do was if he'd be willing to do a scat as one of the fetishes. I'm willing to do whatever anyone is down to do with me. I'm totally down for whatever. I'm well, down to... Well, I, when I, I heard that, I actually had an idea. Well, it's all about finding someone who... Like, I don't want to push anyone in a direction to do something because I have the idea. I would rather someone who's into scat come to me and say, hey, uh, I want to do scat or whatever. I don't want to, like 
go to oh, someone who's not, who's not really into it and be like, if I give you this much money, will you do this thing that you don't like? I'd rather hang out with people who who are who actually like do it for a living or into it, and then we could do something because I want us to all have like, yeah, we're making gross stuff, but we're having fun. So if I meet someone and they want to explore that or express that on camera and they have a good idea or, or whatever, then yeah, I'd be down to do it. So, um, but I don't personally have that fetish or anything, but yeah, I am, I like to explore uh, and express sexuality in different ways. So I definitely would be interested in exploring that if, if the opportunity came. Would you like to hear my idea a little bit? Sure. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, 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 it's fine. Um, so it's kind of like a scat art idea. So I, I kind of want to do, like, you know when you do milk as an enema? Um, if you colored that and kind of thickened it so it's a little bit more of, like, a paint consistency, and then you have a big canvas, and then you basically just have, like, them shit different colors on it to kind of make a painting. Um, no, I am not going to lie, dude. I literally have that exact same idea. I was thinking that same thing. Oh, and that. And I actually like talked to a nurse about enemas and the state and the safety of enemas and like, because I'm just I, I don't know safety is a big factor that you can put. You well, guys are I mean, so much alike. Putting things up your ass like that's a it's an area that absorbs a lot of like absorbs anything that goes in it. So you got to make sure that the dyes and stuff are safe. Right, non toxic and all that stuff. So I I honestly want to talk to like someone who does enema porn and like pick their brain <laughs> and well, find out because it wouldn't be necessarily shit it would be more enema related and i think that'd be a little bit more fun too because you're not just seeing like a bunch of shit you're more seeing like colorful <clears throat> you know things and stuff like that yeah and it's a lot more playful the cool idea I, I do like that idea and remember people if you want to mute anybody you can if you just feel like watching the movie Seems like some people might want to hear the dialogue. What was that, John? Ian? Sorry. I was just saying some people can mute our voices if they want to hear the dialogue. Oh. I probably should have said that at the beginning. So you still have the torso, though, right? That hasn't sold. Yeah, I'm surprised, honestly, because uh, we got some diehard Felicia fans out there, and that's where most of the P went. So if you are a, you're a P person, I still got the corpse available. I got the torso available. I, I did watch it, though, unfortunately. Oh, so. Well, it's probably still there. Like, if you use, like, forensics, you could probably find something. Yeah, or just lick it and tell me what it tastes like. <laughs> yeah, the guts were such a good job on this. Uh, Marcus did these, right? Uh, Marcus did the guts, yeah. And then James did the, the body. Felicia, were you going to say something about scat? I feel like I cut you off accidentally. Yeah, I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts. Uh, sorry, I thought you were um, asking me, because I've had people recently hit me up about scat, so... Oh. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I... The minimum is $1,000. 
and it will not be available for distribution. <laughs> Hit me up. Um, yeah, I don't really, scat isn't really for me. I see, I follow a lot of scat people online and I think they're very brave and strong, but I don't, I'm not brave and strong, I'm baby. <laughs> I think they're pretty tough. I, I think see, you're big and strong. Like, I see you follow Caitlyn Katsaros, though. She's oh, she is such a badass, dude. I can't. She's, she's gnarly. You hit her up to work with you? She's a porn girl that does, like, um, barf and cat and pee and stuff. She's really hardcore. She's worked with my friend Freak Mob before, too. Like, she does, like, a, like more vanilla porn, but then she does, like, really intense, like, stuff. And she's really pretty. Really she hot. does like impact play stuff like you can like she starts videos of her getting like punched in the face and she's like asking for more and she's just really into it i think she's i would love to work with her i just feel like she's probably like a million dollars to hire but maybe if i get i don't know i would i would love to work with her though she's really what she might oh, be a fan oh. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> you should hit her up. I support you. I do. I, I would like to hit her up one one day, you know? I feel like I've got a body of work that I could, like, show her and be like, look what we're doing, you know? Jonathan has a crush. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I am a big fan of hers, for sure. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so what was the whole birthday idea for this? What was the idea behind this? Oh, uh, so, so how I make movies is I literally think of like a crazy scene and then I like think about that scene and I go, okay, what ca what narrative can we build around that scene? You know, so like, I liked, like with Barf Bunny, I liked the idea of Felicia in a, in a onesie puking into these colorful jars, you know? And I was like, how can I make a narrative around that? And when it came to this film, before I even thought about the Robert Beckowitz case or anything like that, I had this idea of them there being like a tea party or a dinner, yeah, tea party dinner scene that just we just missed right now or we just passed right now, um, which is a woman experiencing psychosis, like talking to a bunch of limbs and anthropomorphizing these limbs like they're her children or whatever. She's talking to like people. And so that was the first idea I had. And I actually had this corpse built specifically for that movie. James made this corpse like back in 2019. And then that project ended up falling through. But then when we shot Barf Bunny, we went to this hotel room and we had to, we had to really move a bunch of furniture to kind of like create the, the set for Barf Bunny. And so you had this colorful, vibrant set for Barf Bunny, but if you looked behind the camera, the, this already kind of shady looking hotel room just looks that much more gross and so i was like dude i can make a movie here too and so i was like well i've got i'm sure felicia will be down and then i've got this corpse like what can we do and so that's kind of where i got the idea of the robert beckwood stuff and then the next scene idea that i thought of was this birthday candle scene because if i'm gonna have felicia in a movie i want felicia to barf <laughs> so i was like what would be a cool way to get Felicia to barf and so I liked this idea of like 
putting candles into his guts and then uh, having her puke on him. So that's kind of like I those I basically thought of the tea party scene and then I thought of this this birthday candle scene and then I just kind of tried to build a whole world and narrative around it. So it was really this scene and the other two that kind of like was the foundation of where this movie came from. And I really like how this scene turned out. So do you ever um, you ever practice puking just for technique? Uh, yeah, I don't do that stuff as much as I used to. I had an ex, like, really, this guy that I dated in, like, 2014 got me into it. And I think about it sometimes. And I'm like, damn, that was almost 10 years ago. That's crazy. Like, yeah. So, no, I, I don't really have anyone I do that with anymore. The last time I did that with someone in my personal life was, like, two years ago now. The last person I was seeing, like, I, I swallowed my bark for the first time in so long. It was crazy. <laughs> when I, like, gagged on his dick, I was like, wow, I'm different now. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I don't practice. The last one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I do worry about my teeth a little. I, I don't get as horny about it as I did in my youth. Maybe if I, like, found someone that, like, I enjoyed doing it with, like, my feelings would change and I'd be doing it more often. But now I'm just like, it's messy. I don't really get, like, as horny about it. Nobody's hit me up for a custom in forever. And, like, I mean, if I were to get hit up for a custom, I would enjoy that. I would I would get horny about it for sure. Like, knowing that someone's going to watch it and enjoy it and I'm going to get paid. But, like, I don't know. So it's, it's been a minute. I don't practice either. Nice and clean. So do you feel a big difference in uh, with working with Sam Howell versus Jonathan Doe and, and in their style and, and everything? I haven't worked with Sam in forever, since 2019. <coughs> uh, hmm, good question. They have, they have similar shooting styles. There isn't like a lot of like stop and start, which I like. I like shooting all the way through and they both do that. Um, they're both really nice people. <laughs> they're both really wholesome people. I never feel creeped out around them. That's like a big part of what I enjoy shooting with both of them. Um, yeah, there's a lot of similarities there. Is there big differences? differences really no like me and um you know i knew sam when i was like drinking more and stuff like that so we'd go out and we'd like drink after shooting or whatever and like in, since i started shooting with john i i got sober and stuff so it's like i don't know i used to smoke a lot of weed <laughs> when we finished and we'd yeah. like just hang out and get yeah. high and do stuff but yeah now it's just like general on set it's it's pretty similar they're both very accommodating and very focused on making sure i'm like happy and safe and stuff like that um uh, oh differences from because I used to get fucked up on with both of them. <laughs> but besides that, very similar vibes. Very nice from Southern California. 
You so cowboys. Oh yeah. All mine. So cowboys. Anyone else from SoCal? <clears throat> we have a few people saying SoCal is the best, so I'm curious on the chat who's all from SoCal. We do have the best Mexican food. I'll say that. I love I'm San Diego. No. <laughs> I'm no. Yeah, Chicago. I mean, Texas has some good stuff too, but yeah, but that's more Tex-Mex. Alicia, I told you that when you come, if you ever come to SoCal, I'm going to buy you Mexican food and we'll, then we can really have a real discussion about it. Because okay. you need to try it. But I I'll also admit that I haven't tried Chicago Mexican food either. But. No, it's too bad you can't get like international tacos just sent to you all at once. So you can just, like, <laughs> try Missy, right? I mean, there's like Gold Belly, but that would just be very fancy tacos and that would take a few days and cost a shitload of money. Hey, maybe at some point uh, these characters <laughs> could go on the run to Mexico. Yeah. There you go. Game. I would do that. <clears throat> I'd love that. That would be it's actually interesting to do like an after uh, after the honeymoon type movie or maybe just a recap, like a short thing to kind of like as a follow up. It's a, almost just like a montage this. Degenerates too. Electric right. boogaloo. <laughs> Not so happy honeymoon. <laughs> be kind of like the hangover because they were fucked up on meth all the time. Or was that heroin? Meth? Heroin? Couldn't really tell. I think it was meth that they were originally on, right? It was what the, the, the original case. Oh, the original case. Yeah, I just. When I think foil, I think heroin. I think heroin when I see foil, but. Um, but that's like basically doing homemade crack. You smoke meth on foil. Yeah, you can. After uh, James Bell saw the degenerates, he like hunted down the location where the Robert Beckwitz case actually happened, and he knows that I'm like into collecting like dirt from different uh, true crime locations, and so he went to the house and actually got me some dirt from where Robert oh, Beckwitz. Uh, was it close to him or something? Or? I guess he said it was like a 45 minute drive from. Oh, that's not bad. That was like. I mean, that's what, worth it to grab it. But. Thoughtful gifts anyone's ever given me. And it's, no, that's really cool. That's really thoughtful. But I mean, that, that's, that's crazy that you only last 45 minutes away from me. Yeah. My apartment's probably super haunted. I've got a lot of. <laughs> no, I told you that the city I'm in is just filled with serial killers and, or past serial killers and psychos, so. City. Uh, I mean, Ted Bundy did his first killing in Evergreen, which is down the road for me. Um, and then you got the Green River Killer, uh, Zodiac Killer out here. There's a couple of, um, just Puget Sound area is just pretty murderous. Recently had the Cat Killer. <laughs> yeah. He's back, right? That's what I heard, but I think it's just a copycat. No pun intended. Well, that was disgusting. 
Good job. Yeah, good job. <laughs> that um, birthday scene kind of like made me gag a little bit, honestly. <laughs> no, I heard a couple people that were uh, didn't get their mics. They're like, <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, this is where anybody wants to. They can unmute your mic. If they have any questions? Um, anything they want to ask? Yeah, uh, I don't. I can't see the chat either. Um, I'm not sure if that'll kick me out of the room if I click on the chat. I think that happened last time. So. Uh, but I can rely on your messages as a And that's why I'm like, if anyone has, has to ask, it's better just to unmute themselves and ask. It's like, I'm not doing chat. What chat am I supposed to go to? It's, uh, it's called Movie Screen Chat. It's just like right above. You should be able to click it and not click it out. Um, Does anyone need a bathroom break or anything like that? Nope. Oh. oh my god, that's a lot of messages. Okay, never mind. Yeah. So one question that I didn't want to bring up before because I thought it was going to be a long discussion um, is bringing it back into Sam Hell um, with the whole his announcement of Missy retiring in Broke House. Um, he was going to do I'm, that before. I'm kind of curious on your thoughts of that. He said before that he was going to retire it, and then he made another couple movies. Um, I'm, I, I wish him the best. I hope that he's still making movies and he'll put me in them. But I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Because even based on a, my last interview with him, he was talking about doing Vania too, And I was just like, so what's going on with that then? Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, I, I get it. Uh, and plus, I don't want to talk too much on on his side. I'm always one. I was curious on your opinion on it because um, I don't want to speak for him. Um, I'm sure there's many reasons why he wants to pull out. Yeah, I think that's a good question for him. Honestly, like I don't, we don't talk all the time. So, like, yeah, it would be better for him. But I, I don't know. I wish him the best. If he does quit, if he doesn't quit, I'd like to be in more of his movies. Yeah, I don't think he'll necessarily quit, but I think he just is trying to, like, I guess, redefine himself. And yeah. so that he can basically expand and be a bigger fish, essentially. Um, uh, which I, I don't blame him, you know. He wants to do big projects, and he's been turned down, you know, because of a broke house and him trying to be like, hey, you know, I've done this, and I want to do this. And they're like, yeah, no um so i can see him trying to basically like kind of recreate himself so he can have a name for himself outside of a broke house you know and then be able to get recognized for bigger projects um but hey jonathan uh goblin wants to know are you gonna get more real gore like carving the cadaver it's one of his favorite autopsy movies i'm scrolling uh, oh sorry what were you gonna say felicia through the chat to find more questions and stuff but what were you going to say oh uh carving the cadaver was kind of my exploration. i made carving the cadaver after someone in my family passed away unexpectedly and i kind of used uh making those films as my way to grieve i guess and so i feel like i was able to process that and cathartically express that through making uh, Carving the Cadaver. I made Carving the Cadaver 1, 2, and 3, and then I made uh, 
uh, victims of the surgeon's scalpel, which is like medical footage of uh, different procedures. Um, but if I ever make a shockumentary or Mondo film again, because all of that was just like kind of a, an art project that I made out of archived autopsy footage. If I ever were to make another Mondo film or or a shockumentary film, I'd want to go shoot the footage myself. Uh, I've told people that I've been to Africa before. I went to Rwanda and uh, saw a lot of the stuff that happened with the genocide that happens there. So if I ever were to do something like that, I would want to go back and kind of uh, maybe do something uh, with that. But I don't know if that's pretty uh, far, like low down on my list of projects that I want to do. Like, uh, I got other things in the works, but I'm not against going back and exploring Mondo, the genre of Mondo again. But as of right now, carving the cadavers kind of what I've done. So, Peppa Pepperoni wants okay. to know if this would be considered a romantic comedy because you did list a bunch of genres, but you didn't list that one. <laughs> it can be whatever you want it to be. You know, <laughs> if you if you think it's funny, then uh, go for it. I don't care. Has no improv. It's probably not funny <laughs> to the general public, but you know the few, the few of us. Well, yeah, good one-liners sure. in there. No, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I my letterbox view is just wacky improv antics with a dismembered corpse. So, yeah. <laughs> what was yeah, your question? I've just seen that. Oh, I was just saying, saying I like the film. You love the antics oh, with the corpse. Back antics. Yep. Yeah, no, James Bell did a great job with that whole thing. get it. Um, do you have, um, to Jonathan Doe, do you have a letterbox account? I don't have a letter letterbox account, but Barf Bunny and the Degenerates and Symbolis and uh, Gornography are all listed on there. I have a question if you guys don't mind. Yeah. Go ahead. So films have been pushed to the extreme since the seventies. What do you think is the future of extreme cinema in, in this century or, you know, what's coming up? I have an answer if other people don't want to, I mean, yeah, you can listen. Uh, I think that it's just going to be more inclusive, you know? I think that especially if you look at, like, the the video nasties and, and the roughies that came out, a lot of them were produced by uh, white guys. And I think that there's a lot more uh, women and minority people uh, getting involved in the genre. And I think that that's good because I think that one of the reasons why people gravitate towards these films is it is a safe way to explore uh, trauma and explore darker parts of the human experience. So I think it's good that uh, the genre exists. I think it's therapeutic for a lot of people. It definitely is therapeutic to me. And so it, to me, it makes sense that uh, people from all walks of life uh, are interested in, in these kind of films. And I think it'll be really interesting to see the kind of things that people make because everyone's experiences are different. So I think the future is going to be, uh, yeah, like that. I have a cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. All right. This is uh, Vivian K. Quintero. Hi, Felicia. How you doing, honey? Hey, good. Man. How are you? I'm doing very good. 
Um, actually, I have a question primarily for Jonathan. How do you see the longevity of the extreme horror scene um, due to the fact that a lot of um, extreme horror does play out pretty linear? Um, what do you feel can possibly change and provide a different perspective and allow the the um, the film scene to continue to progress instead of regress? Um, well, you've got, like I'm I'm uh, putting out Jesse Seitz anthology film Fucked. Uh, that is an anthology that was made by Jesse Seitz, and she she came out with a documentary Beyond Horror. And from her documentary Beyond Horror, she interviewed all these different uh, filmmakers from the extreme underground, and she was told by a lot of them that. Uh, like women aren't interested in uh, this kind of content. And so she went to go say, fuck that. And she made fucked. And it's an anthology of all uh, female filmmakers making extreme cinema. So I think that when you look at uh, throughout history, like of extreme cinema, like I see myself as a filmmaker picking up the torch from where other people left off with the films that they're making. And I, and I, I don't know, when I retire or whatever, I, I see myself passing off the torch to uh, the younger generation, and I, and I see the younger generation being, uh, being women and being trans people and being people of color being involved in uh, this genre. So I think that, and that is a whole, that's a whole lens and that's a whole perspective that hasn't really been, ex- been uh, shown and highlighted as much as it as as it has in the past so i think that there's a huge longevity because there's all kinds of stories and narratives that haven't been been shared with an extreme cinema that that are now finally the doors opening and so there's all kinds of new opportunities i think that i think just like any other genre uh extreme cinemas art is is cathartic you know so you watch a comedy or you watch a drama to uh explore like if you look at a love story why why do we watch that because most of us have had our hearts broken well why do we watch extreme cinema we all have dark thoughts in our head or we've all experienced uh trauma or terrible things and so um i think that just like any other genre extreme cinema is going to exist right alongside everything else so i don't see it dying i think it's longevity is going to be forever thank you yeah All right. Any more questions, guys? I'm reading through the questions in the chat, too. Two questions, actually. um, Oh, we got someone talking. What was that? Are you going to release a new video for Cinema Underbelly? Yep, I'm working on that right now. It should actually be out within less than a week. I just took a break to uh, work on, on my other projects. Did you ever do that movie collection video? No, that's what I'm working on right now. Okay, because I was going to say... It's a long... It's a long video to talk oh, about. Oh, I get the it. Collection. <laughs> I thought about doing that too for mine, and I was like, it's, it's freaking a lot longer than I thought it was to do. It's a hard project. There's a question for Felicia. It says, <clears throat> what made you want to get involved with fetish and sex work and horror? Uh, so, um... Going back to Bones and Crisps, thank you for the compliment. And thank you, everybody, who has said such nice things in the chat. I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, so what made me want to get involved with sex work? 
Yeah, I guess uh, I never really told that story. Um, I don't know. I was living overseas and I had some like really shitty relationships I was in. And like I had just gotten out of this really awful relationship with this guy. And I was so pissed off and I was bored and horny. And I was like on Craigslist one night at um, this job I had. And I saw that someone wanted to like buy panties from a girl. And I was like, whoa, what? This isn't real. And I was working night shifts. So I went back and forth on Craigslist with the guy for a little bit. And I was like, okay, I'll meet you up at like nine in the morning when I get off work and I'll sell you my panties. And I did that with him. And I like met him in like a parking lot. I sold him my panties. He gave me $50. I was like, this is fucking crazy. Is this real? And then I went back on Craigslist and I made an ad. And for like the next month I had, guys, I was selling panties to every single day for an entire month. It's crazy. So I was like, damn. Your price has gone up? Ah, My my prices? Yeah. Um, They're about the same. I mean, you know, this, um, I did like hand delivery in real life on like uh, Craigslist, like, in another country too so the exchange rate's slightly different but like yeah i mean i i do it for about the same but i don't do meetups so i guess it has inflated just a little bit but yeah i don't know from there my friend's um girlfriend at the time was like oh when you come home i want to cam with you blah 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 and like i cammed with her and we made a shitload of money that day and i was like damn i'm gonna cam and i started camming and then i started doing everything else that I do. I don't know. So that's how I got into it. It's being bored and horny and needing money, um, desiring money, needing it, I guess, because we all need money to live these days, huh? And yeah. <laughs> I do not come from a wealthy family. Um, <laughs> so horror. Um, yeah. So when it comes to horror, um, Sam Hell kind of just hit me up one day uh after he saw my barf content and was like hi I'm, I'm doing horror films do you want to shoot with me uh next time you're in LA and I planned on passing through um and I was like sure I'll shoot with you that sounds like fun and I did it and it, that was it it was, it was is there a different market there. for like clean panties versus um unwashed panties yeah <laughs> And sell a pair of like clean panties for a dollar the unwashed part is where like the price starts going up man. Can't you just buy like, clean just panties at a store it. they want to know and smell that you wear it <laughs> i mean if, if you wear undies it's gonna get a smell you know oh yeah, yeah like like that's so yeah yeah unwashed worn panties is what <laughs> the guys are going for most times do you uh, watch a lot of horror felicia um <laughs> no no, I'm just I, yeah, honestly, like lately too, I haven't had the time to watch anything at all, uh, just because I've been so busy and I have like a really short attention span. Like I fill my time, I I have a really hard time sitting in front of a TV unless someone like is there with me and holds me accountable, and that's not usually the case. Like I really enjoy podcasts and like music as like a medium, like to fill the time, but like movies and stuff i can't like well, some pauses, tv like, it's easier to like do other things and listen to it like do the dishes or you yeah. know, cook or do whatever and then like yeah you know. uh, yeah 
yeah. So I mean, I do like I do like horror, but I don't really watch a ton of movies. To make a long story short, uh, yeah. I have a question for both Felicia and Jonathan. What is the thing in What is the thing in extreme cinema that disturbs you? So for me, it's face destruction. So uh, irreversible, you know, the face bashing scene, or uh, uh, the fourth film by Lucifer Valentine, where the film, well, the face just gets destroyed further and further in the film. What What upsets you guys? Um, in general, if someone's like slicing up <laughs> like their arms or something like that, it really stresses me out. Like. Oh, God. They're, like, slicing. Like, I was watching Dexter a while ago, and, like, someone was getting sliced up, and it, it freaked me out. I have to look away when that happens. Ugh. Uh, I'm amateur. I can't stand pimples. <laughs> I don't like pus. Like, I can handle anything else, but, like, pus is weird for me. I think people yeah, on the show know I can't movie, watch food. pimples bother you? Yeah. <laughs> they don't add that to a lot of horror movies, so I'm lucky. <laughs> That's fair. Thank you guys very much. Didn't answer. Uh, for me, there's not really anything visually that bothers me, but believable grief bothers me. So, like, uh, uh, an example of a film that bothered me would be like um, Funny Games when the when the kid dies and the mom's like grieving and crying that her kid dies. Just someone who's absolutely devastated and distraught and it's believable that that will get to me uh more than like watching someone's fingernails get peeled off or any kind of like gross porn or anything mm -hmm. that stuff really bothers me it's more just like believable devastation or heartache so cool thanks a lot <laughs> no problem uh, no i think wow. it was weeb yes. trash next had a question so um, I know. I noticed in a couple of your interviews, you mentioned that from a younger age that you would see delusions or things that weren't there. Has that affected your? Um, has that inspired you in the way you shoot or inspired any scenes? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I gravitated towards filmmaking and making these films is uh, context for people. I suffered a traumatic brain injury when I was 18 months old and had seizures and experienced different forms of psychosis from that. And so uh, I still I still experience like intrusive thoughts and crazy stuff like that, but I just kind of uh, express it through film, you know? So um, I might have an intrusive thought of something terrible and I'll be like, it used, I used to be in therapy and be like, what's wrong with me, you know? And now I go, oh, that's a cool idea to put in a movie, you know? So I found a cathartic and socially acceptable way to take my mental illness, I guess, um, and my experiences and, and turn it into something uh, artistic, you know? And a lot of people have said that uh, my works helped them in different ways of their life. So I feel like I, uh, I, I kind of almost look at my experiences now as kind of like a gift, you know? I mean, I still struggle with stuff. I still am in therapy and on meds and all that kind of shit, but I like that I can, I have this outlet to explore um, that part of my psyche, I guess. So, so yeah, it definitely does have an influence on the work that I do. Uh, Lisa, getting to your work, uh, what's the weirdest thing someone's asked you for commission work? 
No, I have a really hard time with like mm-hmm. calling things weird. I think that's like kink shaming. Like, you know, most oh, fetishes oh, are valid. Right. I think uh, I get people asking me for race play, which I a hundred percent don't do. And I get people asking me for like a very illegal things involving underage themes and stuff, which I don't do. And then I, I guess bug crushing is one. Like people have asked for bug crushing and that's like, you know, I think illegal, but I'm not sure if it's illegal, but it's like a weird moral gray area because yeah. like, you know, people crush bugs, but it's like, I, if I saw a spider in my house right now, that thing isn't going to live to see another day. I'm sorry. I'm a bitch, but like, um, yeah, no, I don't I don't want to do that in a sexual context, I don't think. Or people ask me to, like, crush slugs and stuff, and I'm just like, wow, no, yeah. I like slugs. Because you've done, like, fruit like, crushing videos and stuff. And... Yeah, and I like that. And, I've, oh, my God, I worked for this incredible company based out of um, New York where this guy had me crush a laptop with my butt. Or, like, That's he weird. had me, like, piss on a laptop, squirt on a laptop, crush a toy car. It was incredible. And I loved it. And, like, I, I wish I had more fun, weird stuff like that. But otherwise, I get, like, yeah, I guess the most awkward, uncomfortable that I don't feel comfortable doing really is, like, bug crushing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you turned away a lot of people? I mean, obviously, you said you did with the racists and the things, but... Do you turn a lot of people yeah, away? Yeah, I turn people away all the fucking time. I'll block somebody if I don't like how they're talking to me, like, within reason, because, like, I am running, like, a business. But, like, for example, there right. was someone the other week who might even be in the chat right now because I blocked him on Instagram who was, like, just talking to me way too familiarly and, like, trying to push my boundaries. I was like, yeah, I'm not shipping, like, a pair of used panties to the UK. And he's like, why not? Why not? I'll pay money. And I'm like... I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I don't want to do it. And he's like, well, could you have someone else do it? And like all of this shit. And then he kept calling me like sugar tits and honey and baby and all of this shit. And I was like, look, you don't fucking know me. Don't fucking talk to me like that. There's no reason for you to talk to me like that. Like, yeah, you are my You're trying to be a professional in this. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's a different, you know, to certain people. Like they may not be used to that field of work, but it, you're still a, trying to be professional with it, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, if you want to talk to me like that, like there's like different like levels to it, you know, like there's like casually calling me honey or whatever, which is fine. But that's like, if you are just over and over trying to push my buttons clearly and like stuff, it's just like, no, I will block you. I don't care. I refunded that motherfucker fucking $200 because I didn't like how he was just trying to push me so much and talk to me like that. I yeah, yeah, you know, I, I haven't always that. been in that position, but I it's it's worth being able to be like I'm not dealing with you because I know you're a probably going to charge me back, b talking to me to a way that I don't like. Yeah. And you think that increases with the more popular you get or do you feel that it's always kind of been like that? Uh, you always get the shitty customer. Like I worked retail for a long time. And, you know, there's good weeks and bad weeks where it's, like, everyone's pleasant. And then there's, like, the one asshole that wants to come in and, like, start throwing shit or whatever. Oh, I'm a server. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's exactly exactly like that. Like, just any other job where it's, like, most people are great. But it takes that one asshole that's going to shit in the middle of the store. 
shit in the changing room. <laughs> call call me a bitch. Like it's just I don't know. At least it's behind a computer screen, so there's a little bit of distance. Yeah, I'm sure that's kind of nice to be able to separate yourself if you need to and be like, block. If I have a table, yeah. you know, a table yelling at me, I just have to deal with it or get the manager so they can yell at them. You know. <laughs> sucks, man. Really sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like that. It's very much like that. I'm like looking for my messages now. I sound like a crazy bitch. Like you can call me honey or sweetie or whatever, but it's just like if it, it just grated on me the way he was speaking right. to me. Well, I'm sure it was also just the everything else. You know, he was already being pushy. He was already being whatever. It's mm. like you know, it's like you could tell he wasn't necessarily yeah being the best on it i got a question about the making of now you guys know what i sound like when i get heated (laughs) you want to see that side more often i'm just kidding (laughs) i'm gonna let it out if anyone wants to book me to do like a movie like a mumblecore movie where i get to be crazy i'm here for it yeah i had a question what the hardest or least fun part of the filming this movie was because other than cleaning up because it seems like cleaning up is it is pretty easy answer but. Someone talking? Yeah, am I yeah, not? Yeah. yeah, that was me. Yeah. Am I not? Can no one hear me? Ian, can you not hear Ian? What's going on? I can hear Ian. I can. I can hear Ian. Oh, I guess Felicia can't hear you yet for some reason. I can hear you. Weird. This cool moment. Yeah, Felicia, can you hear everybody else? You guys, hear me. I yeah. can hear you, but can you hear us? I can hear you. And I can hear myself on Presley's phone, too. Yeah, weird. So maybe just ask my question for, for me. What was the question? We're typing. So uh, what was the hardest or least fun part of, of oh, filming, okay. other than the cleanup? So what was the most or uh, the least uh, unfun part of uh, the movie besides the Filming cleanup? the degenerate specifically? Yeah. that the question yeah he was asking about the degenerates was there was there like a scene that you felt was like difficult to record or difficult to make oh um i think the most stressful thing um filming i don't even know sometimes it's kind of hard to make me barf but that's about it it was it was a pretty lax shoot we had fun together so probably the cleanup. Probably the cleanup, yeah. It yeah. took like maybe an hour or two, but I kind of like cleaning, so it's fine. Really don't mind. And we worked together on it, so it got done pretty quickly. Yeah. I'm sure if you were just like, okay, have fun, you know, it would have been... That's about it, though. Everything else is great. <laughs> yeah, so it was yeah, like... great chemistry. I have a question for Felicia. Um, <laughs> Vivian, this is Vivian. Um, you and me and Jesse spent quite some time down in Illinois with the shoot for Chum Bucket and with the interview that we did, um, you had made the statement that you would be open to doing like other things besides the extreme side of film. Has there been anything that has come across your path thus far that has interested you (laughs) to do it beyond things like what you did with Sam and what you have done with John? Um, Well, I did that movie Thrust with Victor Bonacore. So I have um, kind of branched out a little bit. That wasn't exactly horror. I think it's um, being sold as more of an action movie. Um, 
but beyond that, uh, yeah, no one's really hit me up, but I also haven't really put myself out there. Um, I'd really like to do a drama. I think a lot of people know that I would love to do like a drama or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we can see you can get passionate. So. Like being like the main character in an uncut gems type movie. I have the anger. I have the insanity. But yeah. We can. We'll see. It's thrust it's out. It's thrust out. Do you know? Did that get released already? Thrust. Uh, can she hear you? Um, I think uh, Jamie right. has a question for Felicia. Hmm? Jamie? No. Did we lose her? Yeah, I think she keeps coming out accidentally. <coughs> yeah. Sometimes bandwidth can mess up your voice and stuff on here. Yeah. Any questions for Jonathan? Since Heard what the hell's going on with you, Felicia. And that was about it. Uh, yeah, Jamie had a question for you and then she cut out. Um but yes, I agree. Uncut gems is anxiety-inducing. It is, and I love it. Love it so Lisa, much. Lisa, you're a great actress. You should put yourself out there. Any chance you can, you're amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, lately, I've just been waiting for things to kind of, like, fall in my lap. But I know that isn't the most conducive to, like, getting kids <laughs> and stuff. But it's also, like, um, I don't know. Sorry, is someone speaking? No, I think it was just background noise. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I I know that like it might be hard to get a role because I have a bunch of tattoos and shit too, you know. So I keep waiting for roles that are like written for me, or like I'm tight with the director or whatever. But if you guys know anybody <clears throat> that might be casting a movie, hit me up. If you guys know any directors, hit me up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like. I mean, you have, Thank like, you. I love acting. Um, I get to do pie. more acting with my friend Little Puck. Uh, we just filmed a movie or a, a porno like last night and today called it's part of a series we have called Gaslight Your Girlfriend, what? which is like where Puck gaslights me and stuff for like the entire movie. It's very deep. We get really into the acting together. Um, I love her. Her name is Little Puck. If you want to look her up, she just got her Pornhub jacket today. Very exciting for 50k subscribers. Oh, is that what you mind. get to get when you get that? Oh, I thought people just bought those. Yeah. I didn't no, know you have different. to earn them. Oh, okay. Wow. I didn't realize that was like a yeah. badge thing. Um, I've not earned mine, but my friend has, and that's really exciting. And yeah, uh, if you want more Felicia Fisher content and more of me acting, look up Gaslight Your Girlfriend series on like many vids. Because um, I really bust my acting chops in that. I've had people hit me up specifically telling me I'm an excellent actor and me and Puck vibe really well off each other. I feel like I'm talking a lot. I did not get very much sleep last night because of my friend's neighbor. So excuse me. Yeah, it's all good. Less work for us. <laughs> Bad. I love it. But I yeah. also quit smoking weed since our last chat. So I, I'm much more chatty and awake. Yeah, well, we're right. here for you just as much as Jonathan. So. Thank you. Anybody else got questions? I like that people are actually asking questions other than us. 
Yeah, same. I saw them, um, a couple of questions for Jonathan, I believe, or at least one um, for John about a gore and death collecting stuff. Yeah, he's oh, wondering what the influx of mixtapes coming out now and the explosion and interest are due to the disturbing, disturbing movies iceberg. What are my thoughts on the iceberg? I feel like you've answered that a few times, but like, what do you think about the influx of mixtapes that are coming out now because of the iceberg? Overall, it's like a good way to get a lot of like people who are from the mainstream or who are just not in the know to to find out that there's a lot more to these films that go beyond films like Human Centipede and a Serbian film. You know, there's millions of subgenres or maybe not millions but thousands of subgenres uh that exist and and there's inner work like genres blend together you know like i'm doing fetish gore so you got porn and extreme horror kind of blending together um but i do think that the disturbing movie iceberg is flawed because it's apparent that it was made by someone who really had a surface level understanding of these films and I really don't like the format of the iceberg because yeah, it just makes it seem like, is it based off of how obscure these films are that they go lower, lower on this tier? Or is it how extreme it's they subjective. are? I mean, it's subjective to you. So it's like, it's too, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you really look at the disturbing movie iceberg, it's not based off of extremeness. It's, it's actually the top... I would say maybe the top five tiers are just kind of like exploitation films all kind of blended together and, and extreme horror films. But then when you get down the last tier, tier eight, those are just. Yeah. They kind of genre. Just extreme. Yeah. I, I think at this point, it's just something we can make fun of the iceberg. Uh, it's. I mean, I would, I am interested in like, kind of like maybe like, doing a video about going beyond the iceberg because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people uh, look at that and just assume that that's like, Oh, that's all the extreme films that are out there. And really like, no man, like, and the thing that's a problem with it is it's like, it's got like the, it's, it has incomplete lists, you know, like, like it lists uh human centipede one and two, but it doesn't list human centipede three, you know, or if you want to yeah. get into more obscure stuff, at least it lists Genki Genki, 18, 19, and 20, but there's 21 volumes in the Genki Genki films, you know? So, yeah. And the worst just, one's uh, probably the most extreme, I think. <laughs> because, like, a lot of people, like, they're like, yeah, let's ignore Genki Genki 1. <laughs> like, that doesn't exist to me. So, I mean, it's just a... It's a good... It's a, it's cool that it exists so that it can get people's foot in the door and dip their toes into this type of cinema, but it's not a very well-researched uh resource for people. So that's my that's my thought on it, I guess. Are you do you still have your hands in the mixtape community? Because I know uh, you used to sell a lot of files and stuff, but I just get I just got kind of burned out on mixtapes. I mean I just think they kind of are the same thing, you know? It's just it's extreme uh, videos of like drug cartel stuff and like extreme pornography, um, and a lot of it recycles the same footage. You know, like I'm heavily inspired by the film Terrible Meal, and there's 
you watch a mixtape and it's got footage from terrible meals and it's got two girls, one cup and it's got one guy, one jar. And it's like, how many fucking times do I need to see this? You know, like, yeah, um, I'll just, it's just the most common shock videos that are on the internet all compiled onto uh, a DVD all mixed together. It's just, it's just like just compilations, you know, and I just get bored. I get bored, you know, like if you've seen it once, you've seen it a million times. Yeah. Yeah. So I just get your thing. I just get tired of trying to navigate through mixtapes and figure <laughs> out which ones are good and which ones aren't. Yeah, for sure. And then nowadays yeah. you're just not even sure the fuck you're getting, you know. And, and I just really don't want to see certain ones that if they're just really notoriously stuff I don't want to see. I mean, I will. I will say that there are good mixtapes out there. Like you've got uh, Marcus Cook as his MK Ultra collection that he did, which is like a mixtape of weird because he has a huge VHS tape collection and he's made these weird mixtapes of all the weird footage that he has. And that's unique. You know, that's not, you'll never see anything else like that. Like that, that has Marcus Cook's name all over it. It's got Marcus Cook's flavor all over it. He really added personality and stuff to those. So, so I don't think that mixtapes as a, as an art form are bad, but I think that the ones that are coming out now, it's like, it's just like this generation's version of when we were all sharing shock sites together. Like it's now kids, kids are making mixtapes, you know, and there's millions of them. And it just, it's just kind of old hat. Yeah. I can, I can see that. Yeah. So I found myself more getting into like, old again. <laughs> who just said hello? Hi. I feel like someone had a question and then they got quiet again. <laughs> yeah, if you have any questions, uh, ask away. Yeah. Say something and then I heard the them talking and I forgot. Yeah, maybe. Or we could sit in silence. Um, <laughs> did ST Chrisman have something? No? He just keeps lighting up. Jamie 10, yeah. I don't know. Um, there was a question up where I just missed it. Oh, someone said, uh, considering traditional horror movies that have scenes of gore, sex, and even rape, to what extent does a movie enter a field of extreme cinema? I think that's subjective. I don't really, I don't, I don't think that there's like concrete parameters that help something fall into extreme or not, you know, to want to somebody saw is, is, I mean, saw fell under the, a lot of those like Hollywood films that came out during that time were, were considered, uh, what were they called? Torture porn, you know? And I, and to me, saw is, is pretty tame, you know? So it just depends on, what you've seen and what you've experienced and i think it's relative to person to person or even stuff like incident in ghostland which we watched the other night um i feel like that movie had a really mainstream feel to it but it was so hardcore that i would consider it an extreme film um such a gray area i mean my mom talks to me about uh the first time she saw alien and that that's the most disturbing movie she's ever seen so like it just shows the spectrum my mom like draws the line at alien so 
And exorcist fucks a lot of people up, especially people that had religious upbringings and they can't even be in the same room as it. And you know, if, if I were to watch that, it's nothing. It, it makes me laugh to be honest. <laughs> oh, that's disrespectful, but what? <laughs> exorcist yeah. is funny. It, it is funny. It, it's got funny bits, say. but come on, pay, pay your respects, man. Masterpiece. I have a question. So this question is for uh, Felicia and Jonathan. What is your favorite extreme cinema movies? Uh, <laughs> I didn't study for the test. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I... That's okay. I if you think of it later, you can let us know. In hell. <laughs> We're not even extreme. Like, what's your favorite horror movie you grew up on or... I don't yeah, know. that works. Favorite horror movie. That's okay, too. I mean, um, Felicia, a lot of people would consider Bully to be a disturbing movie. I would say that yeah. that would fall into that category. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost an extreme film. It's got some pretty, like, messed up, uh, kind of taboo, weird stuff in it. Anything well, Larry I guess, Clark, you know, I think extreme, extreme cinema is very subjective to each person. But like, I don't, I don't know. What movie do you guys think is just just bothers you so much and you still remember it to this? Mm. I don't know. Like, first of all, I have like a really hard time remembering a lot of things. Secondly, um, gosh. Uh, like there's things that I think I just don't find disturbing that other people do. Like I remember the first time I saw the movie kids when I was like 16 and I was like, this is the movie. This resonates with me. This is my lived experience. And then people were like, uh, you have AIDS. You, you give people AIDS. Like you, you're what? Like, and I'm like, no, that's what you got out of the movie. And then they're like, yeah. And I'm like, no, I just yeah, like some to people go only to see for the scenes and, and, not the and listen to music with my friends. Like, I don't, what? <laughs> so I don't know, man. Yeah, I was fucking young when that movie first it's came crazy. out and I saw it and I didn't think anything too crazy about it. I mean, I, I thought it was like, wow, what the fuck? But, you know, not like completely taken away where I was like, you know, like, Nothing. like, what the fuck did I just watch? You know, kind of thing. Definitely not a fir- good first date movie. I want to say that. Hello. Hello. What about you, Jonathan? You What's your favorite? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, Jonathan. Uh, I mean, I, I think the films that left a really major impact on me, like that caused me to have a visceral reaction, was Cannibal Holocaust. I watched that for the first time when I was fourteen. And that that really had a very visceral reaction when I watched it, and I remember that experience. So that's probably my favorite uh, in terms of exploitation films. I had a really visceral reaction the very first time I watched the first August Underground. I actually turned it off uh, the first time I watched it. I remember me and my friend because we were really into found footage, and I remember we're like, "Oh, this is supposed to be like an extreme found footage movie," and we and we bought it. And I remember we turned it on, and it, and like when they walked down, and there's the girl tied to the chair with her tit cut off, and they were just being so mean spirited. And I was like, "This is just too vicious." Like I knew it was fake, but I was just like, it gave me a sick feeling to my stomach, and I turned turned it off. And 
it then it became like almost like a bet with myself. Like, are you really going to be this coward and you're not going to watch it? And so I, I almost had to dare myself to sit and watch watch it. So I went and I marathoned through the entire trilogy then. And so those are films that like had a major impact on me. Another film is like Face Denosis. Uh, I don't particularly like that film, but the fact that they took that piglet or the pig, that mother pig and killed all her piglets and that, and she goes out and she sees all her piglets hanging from the tree. That, yeah. that scene still bothers me to this day. No, and so we're bringing that up. Cause everyone thinks about just the pig fucking. I'm like, no, there's way more darker shit in that film. Like, <laughs> like that's just, yeah. the, that's the bo- like bottom of the fucking problem. That film okay. it is not, I have an uh, answer. <laughs> If oh, you're done. She's got an answer now. Yeah. Okay, it's not a movie. I can't watch uh, Black Mirror alone because it's too real. Because it's, like, too freaky for me. It, like, freaks me out so much. Like, I remember just, like, having to talk to my therapist after watching the episode about the guy that is, like, doing the American Idol type show. Like, it was just too much for me. Yeah, it's pretty stressful. It's really stressful. Or like but Uncut yeah. Gems, somebody mentioned earlier, that's a stressful movie too. What is? Uncut Gems. Somebody was talking about how that's anxiety-inducing. Yeah. and Yeah, I think stuff like that affects me a lot more than gore and horror yeah. and anything extreme. Like real okay, so for Jonathan, for Jonathan Doe, so in Cannibal Holocaust, was it the animal stuff that bothered you, or was it like the hacking of the body or the the pike scene of the girl who was, you know, skewered through her entire body? Well, what, what about ha- Cannibal Holocaust that like really bothered you? Uh, it was most. I mean, the animal death bothered me, but the sexual violence in Cannibal Holocaust bothered me, like the rape scenes. Especially uh, the scene where the filmmakers all gang rape a native girl. Uh, mm-hmm. That just seemed that had that just seemed real, you know. It, it it seemed real because I do think that there's kind of a mob mentality within human beings, you know. That mm-hmm. if, if if enough people, if it if it becomes socially acceptable, people will do horrific things, and you can see that within war you can see that within like the holocaust you can see that within in things where people commit genocide if it's if it's normalized to do something horrific people do things that are horrific and i think that's depicted within cannibal holocaust is that these filmmakers are making this film trying to showcase something and showcase i don't know parts of the human condition and then it becomes normalized within their characters that it's all okay to gang rape this, this girl, you know? And that had a really visceral reaction to me because that shit happens in real life, you know? And so, uh, it's probably that scene, but also like the, the juxtaposition between the animal violence and then the real, I think the impaled girl scene is very well, uh, executed. It looks real. And so I totally Mm -hmm. get why people, that was a pseudo snuff film because, they really are killing animals in that film. Why wouldn't they kill a human being, you know? So uh, that's what, that's one of the things that I think makes that film. So, I mean, horror, horror movies are magic tricks. You know, the degenerates was magic tricks. We were fucking around with rubber, with rubber, with a rubber mannequin, you know, but we were able to make it look believable. And I think that, I think that cannibal Holocaust 
took that magic trick and made it as believable as it could get. Totally. And when in uh, Cannibal Holocaust, where they use actual indigenous people and where you use Felicia to actually masturbate, like she literally masturbates and it's just, that's what it helps. It helps it. And I think that's just amazing. So thank you. Thanks, yeah, thanks for really pointing cool. that out. That was actually kind of an idea. That's why I, I like to incorporate fetish stuff, you know, like we really are puking and pissing and, and having menstrual cycles and stuff. And, it blurs the line between what's real and what's not real. That was kind totally. of the intention. I think it yeah. was also how we were talking about uh, mumblecore and also cinema verite style. Um, the long shots that you did where it just really wasn't cutting that much. It just really felt <laughs> like natural video, like almost like how August Underground did it. But I felt like I almost felt a different authenticity to your movie than August Underground. It was. I have to agree. Too, it almost too. felt it like a little bit more genuine and real. The but... video I feel like was broken, and no res- disrespect, but like the video, the way you guys degraded that VHS, it was really, really authentic. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. So, how much did Marcus cook, and uh, besides the editing process, did he have in this? Um, or was it just the editing process? Uh, James Bell made the corpse, and then Marcus and Jesse dressed it. So they're the ones that made it look gooey and bloody and made it look real. So um, they shared with me a lot of those techniques on how to, to make that uh, look the way they did. You know, you peel the skin back, it looks it looks like you're really peeling the skin back. The intestines look real. Um all of those those little uh, touches that I think really just highlighted the film and made that corpse look that much more re- realistic was the work of Jesse Seitz and Marcus Cook. Yeah, it's a cool reveal. Like that's like first you see is just the body just laying there on the ground. It's a it's a really cool reveal. Yeah, that was kind of an homage to August Underground. So in August Underground, uh, the very first film it opens up to those two characters kind of just shooting the shit outside. And then they walk downstairs and just that transition from walking outside and into that room has a a very visceral shift in the tone of the movie. And that's what I wanted to happen with the degenerates is you see my character walking around the hotel room. And as soon as I enter that hotel room, you're like, Oh fuck, what's going on? You know? So I, I did get that exact same feeling and it really actually brought me to that moment, that very first moment when they walked down that basement. So yeah. great job on like, and I don't mean like it, it reminded me of the movie. It reminded me of that same feeling. So it was great. Yeah. Thank I you for Jonathan. Um, I, I absolutely adored uh Barf bunny. Uh, and it may sound weird for somebody to actually say something like that. I love the, the whole aspect of how you kind of took and implemented more of a cartoony approach, but using Felicia as a um, as the actual perspective of things. Have you thought about expanding again on that sort of uh, approach to another film? Uh, I mean, I, I do like the tone and atmosphere that I created with Barf Bunny, and I'm not against exploring that. Uh, same aesthetic later on um it's not that's that's not going to be the case with the next entry in the erotic nonsense series but but 
I do think that that was a lot of fun and I, and people really did enjoy it, you know? So uh, I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't, I thought it was a like wonderful approach to the extreme side of, of what, you know, what you make. Um, and I, I haven't seen it before at all, to be honest with you. And maybe it's just because I haven't found those right films, but um, I think it was a really good addition to your catalog. Um, and I also think it was a really good addition to just the genre in itself is giving it that more aesthetic of, of lightheartedness and in the, the pretty colors and, how Felicia was just so absolutely adorable in the film. Um, I actually laughed at a lot of the stuff she was doing. So please, I mean, for the sake of me, uh, I would love to see you do something more like that. I, I did enjoy it very much, and thank you for making that film. Thank you. I mean, major shout out to Felicia. Felicia's the one, like, Felicia's the one that brought all of that to the table. So, I mean, that none of that would have been, I, I made I made the colorful set and the, and the vibrant colors and all that stuff. But that charm, that's all Felicia. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how this is all like an, um, an homage to different, you know, different fetishes, different films. Mm. It shows that you uh, you show your respect films. You answer, Jonathan, how long did it take before you started loving August Underground? I have no idea. Uh, what's the question um how long did it take before you started loving august underground um i I just made this transition i i got i got addicted to that feeling that august underground made, made me feel that feeling of um of like pushing my boundaries and 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 like accepting that feeling of discomfort i probably really started liking that and and chasing that feeling uh in my early 20s i was like wow i i like it was like a safe way to explore um visceral disgust you know you experience that in real life when you experience trauma you know and uh and being able to to willingly go and seek that feeling in a safe way uh is very cathartic and therapeutic i think and so I think I found that uh, through films like August Underground in my early 20s. It's hard to get that feeling back, though. That's the problem, is that, that edgy feeling that movies like that give you. Um, I think we're so far past it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true, too. You get desensitized. But someone else had a question of... Uh... How far do you plan to take the erotic grotesque um, nonsense series? And does this brand or umbrella cover all the ideas uh, you have for future projects? I think there was another question for you in the chat as well. Lost the chat. Someone hey, hold on a second. I'll be right back. Okay. I've got any questions for me. Fisher. Yeah, any this is open to anybody right now while we're waiting for Jonathan. So anyone got a question? Yeah, I'm kinda passed out. 
I can't think of nothing right now. <laughs> I'll say I think I should like go in 15 minutes and take off my makeup and go to bed. It's totally. Oh, yeah, you were supposed to oh go ahead and uh, <laughs> you were supposed to screen your face and show off your makeup. Yeah, I'm really enjoying <laughs> yeah. hanging out with you guys. So if y'all got questions, please bring them up. There's out. like three people typing right now, so I'm happy to answer. Yeah, some people just don't like their voices being out out there. Yeah, which is fine. I feel that very relatable totally understand <laughs> okay two jonathan questions i don't know if this oh, is a uh, jonathan's to gonna be gone for about 10 minutes uh um, oh, yeah it sounded like he had something going on uh, oh wait one more thing uh how much does it cost to hire you for something like a drama felicia I would say uh, you should email me at FeliciaFisherX at gmail.com and let me know what you have in mind and what your budget is. I think that's the best way to determine that. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I can work with people's budgets to a point. Hit me up and let's talk. Um, I'm going to write my email in the chat. You missed it. Email me. All right, sounds yeah, good, Jonathan. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for so yeah, I can hang until John comes back, and then I'll say goodbye probably, and then he can continue with questions. I think. Yeah, that sounds good. Bitch. We'll just kind of do a little okay. switch of sorts. Um. Oh, one of the coolest experiences I've been through. Thank you. This has been fun for me too. Have you ever thought about doing your own um, directing? Or did you guys I mean, plan on wrapping this up at any time in particular or just until? Uh, we can wrap it up soon. I think we can just, I don't know. It really doesn't matter. I was going to say wait for Jonathan to come back, but it's 10 minutes. and Maybe. Yeah. And if you want to go, that's totally fine. Um, I don't mind hanging out if people want to talk. Yeah. But... yeah. yeah you guys... I don't think you can hear me right now, uh, Felicia. Can you, hear, can, you? can you hear me? Can you hear, hear you, yes. Okay. Can you hear Christian? I'm talking. Hello, hello. Christian, say something. Hello, hello. Uh, she cannot hear you, Christian. Yeah, um, I know. I've been asked, I asked a couple so questions. So weird. Christian, try turning your push to talk on and then turn it back off. Because uh, when I tried turning on push to talk earlier, it, it muted me for her. I don't know what's going on with her. But I do have push to talk on now, and it's working, and she can hear me. To be honest, me, so. I don't know how to switch it to push to talk. With, um, I feel on. like this was an issue we had last time. Specifically. Yeah, a little weird. Um, whenever you do that, uh, whenever that guinea pig movie, what's it called? Chum bucket is yeah, chum bucket. Yeah, when that comes out, um, if we have permission, we should definitely do something like that for this. Especially guinea pig is near and dear to the show, so that'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, I'd well, love that. Um, so Ian, if you can ask her please. about um, um, whether she's done it directly. And me and John are doing another movie in the <laughs> near future. So whenever that's done, um, I'm happy to come back to you. It's been fun hanging with you guys. I heard a voice. Okay. Yeah. What's the new movie called? Oh, yeah. Do you use uh, what's the new movie called, Felicia? Or, or is it private right now? 
Oh, sorry. You guys, you, you cut out kind of funny. It got kind of weird for a second. Okay. A question oh, about I said, what's movie. the new movie called? Jonathan? Question mark? Or... Yeah. Uh, the one with Jonathan, I believe it's Defilement of a Porcelain Doll is the working yeah, title. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, he talked about it on Instagram the other day, so I think I can talk about it. Yeah, I do okay. remember that title. Um, question from Rob. Alicia, do you plan on doing films for a long time, or is this just something you're doing for now? I plan on doing them for a long time, yeah. Yeah. This isn't so much a question, but it's uh, something that I'd like to um, put out there for you, Felicia. I'd like to do another interview with you for Horoscope, if you're still yeah. op if you're open to doing something like that again. Yeah, if you want to email me over um, questions or whatever, that sounds yeah, great. Absolutely. Unless, yeah. All right, thank that you. Perfect. Yeah, definitely. Just email me. I'm never on Facebook or anything. So that's the best way to reach me. So um, Christian had a question, and that was, do you have any thoughts of directing your own films? I do. I think about it all the time. Like, but I have so much on my plate, especially right now. It's just like, don't know when that would happen. Uh, I have like a lot of hobbies and stuff. I don't know. And just like, I have to work, you know, I have work, like shooting and then phone sex stuff or whatever. Like, it's fun to think about. It's really fun to think about. And I have like ideas all the time, but it's just like sitting down and putting them out there. And then the everything that goes into like making a movie is just kind of daunting to me. Also be great if so, somebody else would pay for it. Yeah, that is, yeah, that too. But then yeah. it's also just like, I don't have much experience getting actors. I don't have experience. Did you have yeah, any interest acting. in acting before you did your first films? Like when you were younger? Um, definitely one of those kids that like wanted to be famous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was a little ham when I was younger. I was a little goofball when I was like a kid kid. Um, that's something that, yeah, it wasn't even in my wildest dreams. I was not like a theater nerd or like a drama person or anything like that. I was a teen for an hour, <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, it was always like when I started doing like porn stuff, like maybe I'll be a big time porn actor. But, like, acting, acting never really crossed my mind. But it's very, very cool to be in it and be told I'm good at it. So. Uh, what What's your main... Sorry, I can't read the uh, Go ahead and ask Christian, and then I'll ask her. Uh, I was going to ask what her main yeah, sites she Christian. uses for her porn. What is that, Christian? What her main sites are that she uses, like Pornhub or whatever. Oh, okay. So, uh, Christian wants to know, what are the main sites that you use for your porn? Yeah, so, good question. I'm on... I'm sorry I can't hear you, Christian. I don't know what's going on with that. Um, but, so when it comes to the sites I'm on, I'm on many vids. I'm on clips for sale. Um, I sell my clips on... I want clips and OnlyFans. Um, I also sell them through Night Flirt and Sex Panther. Those are the sites that I also do phone sex on and um, sexting. 
Uh, you could post him in. Oh. I was going to say, how's the phone sex business working? I'll post him in the chat if you guys want to see what I do. So, how's the phone sex business I post him. Oh. Uh, work out for you? Or Christian wants to know how the phone sex business is working out for you. Thing. It's acting, but like on the phone. Um, let me. My link in the chat, nasty girl, Felicia. I love it. I love it so much. Um, it's quite busy. Like this past week, I've just had a clusterfuck of stuff going on. But like when I'm really in my zone is when I'm at home for days on end, just taking calls. And it's fantastic. Guys want to get off. Guys, call me. Um, something that I have very consistent customers. Um, wonderful. Uh, I'm training another sex worker on it tomorrow. I like doing that for people that need help. So um, phone sex is still a lucrative business that you're, are you constantly getting calls? Like when you're on, like basically on duty now Not constantly, but okay. I do get a good amount of people hitting me up. I think it's helpful. I do video calls. Um, and I do audios as well. Audio calls as well. I get a shitload of people for video calls because people love a cam girl and I like it, but I'm not always like in the mood to be on cam or like, I know it's going to be busy. So like I mostly do like phone and yeah. Well, we have a self promotion page on here. So if you ever feel like you need to oh. post self promotion stuff, that's open yeah. for anybody that's part of this discord. I'm also posting some links in the chat right now. Um, cool. Maybe somebody can of... repost those there too. Yeah, would you guys please? Yeah, like, if you, if you guys want to copy those and put them in the self-promotion area, um, yes. that would be nice. Yeah. And um, do women commission any work? Uh, sometimes, yes. And I get some people... Yeah, sometimes. Uh, not very often, though, but I'm always open to it. I'm hella down. Um, it's primarily dudes. That's cool. Um, yeah, but I love what I do. It's so fun. It really is like acting. And like, oh, God, I had this customer the other day that wanted like toxic girlfriend. He's like... I want you to ride my dick and tell me it's yours and act all cocky. And I was like, oh, yeah. You want me to ride your fucking dick? I'm not going to let you fuck any of those other bitches. That's my fucking dick. You're going to get me pregnant. I'm going to fucking trap you. I'm going to trap you. Trap that fucking dick. You're going to be my husband. You're going to knock me up, blah, 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 blah. And it's just crazy. Like, it is like I'm acting like all of these different characters and I get to try all these different things and it's so much fun. Um, yeah, I'm going to cut it off. Huh? Go ahead. What? I say that again. Joyless Tuna, I think, said something, but I don't know. And then Christian said something, but I don't think Felicia heard it. So. No, I heard the joke. Oh, she's like, oh, you want me to cut off your cock? Oh. I told him I'd key his car. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to key your car. I'm going to turn up at your house at 2 in the morning and fucking yell at you. I'm going to punch that bitch that you were fucking last week. I'm going to blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm going to delete all those apps in your phone. I'm going to delete Tinder. I'm going to delete Instagram. You only pay attention to me. Like, stuff like that makes me think I have what it takes to be in an uncut, like, gems-type movie. 
just be like the incredibly stressful girlfriend or something. I don't know. I never really thought about it, but phone sex could be like basically acting practice in a way. Never really thought about it that way. At least think about it as voice work practice too. I need to get into voice work. I have no idea how to begin that, but I would absolutely love it. It's pretty big now Um, because of animation and video games are both really big now. Um, Someone want to know how long an average call would last. It last anywhere from like one minute to like four hours. I guess on average, maybe 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. Um, And it's a shitload of role play. It's primarily role play. It's lots of people that um, want to get into the zone with you. Like, I think the people that call me are people that are more visual. Like, you're not visual. They're not visual. They're more like mental stimulation people. So I can like paint a scene for them or interact with them in a way where if they close their eyes, they can imagine it happening, you know? Yeah, that's a good way to I have a question for Felicia, if you don't mind. Yeah, what's up? Um, so, what are some of your favorite musical bands, and do you play video games? And if so, what are some of your favorite video games? Thank you for asking. I don't play video games, unfortunately. Um, I like playing board games with my friends. Video games, I haven't... I like DDR. I don't know. I've done that recently, but it's like nothing I commit to. Um, when it comes to bands... I don't know. I used to listen to a lot of punk music when I was younger, but lately I listen to a lot more like rap and like hip hop and like R&B and stuff. Um, The Internet is an R&B band I really like. Um, There's an R&B artist named Choker that I love. Uh, Let me look at my record collection. I can tell you who I've been listening to lately. I'm, yeah. Uh... I don't know when it comes to band bands i do also kind of like like classic rock so like i like the who and led zeppelin uh i, I really like this new diana ross record i got and i like um uh, i'm kind of all over the place a naughty little secret of mine to uh i guess yeah i i used to really like gg allen's first album and i bought it recently on vinyl and i've been listening to it a lot the Always was, is, and always shall be album has a very soft place in my heart. Cool, and thank you. Thank you. Jonathan is no, back. I'm just letting you guys know I'm back. Cool. Hello. All right, uh, we had a few questions for you, and then we'll close out the show. So let me let me go back to those real quick. I think um, I'm gonna go now if that's okay. Totally fine. Tired. Thanks for sticking around, and we'll just. Uh, yeah ask jonathan these final questions and yeah thanks, thanks for coming for on the show you, appreciate thanks it for having me yeah i'll talk thank to you soon jonathan <laughs> keep in touch okay. via messages yeah. and um the, the group chat and i'll see you guys soon thank you so much for having me and i look forward to doing this again with you guys all right have a good one too bye christian says bye <laughs> Okay, let me go up to these final questions. Uh, anyone that wants to, to chime in on vocal chat can go ahead and ask on there too. And Jonathan, Jonathan, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Oh, okay, thank God. I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, he exists. Um, let's see. I feel like there were like two for Jonathan. Where were they? 
I went for Felicia, but she didn't get to answer. Okay. How far do you plan to take this erotic, grotesque nonsense series? Is it a brand or umbrella or umbra cover all the ideas that you have for future product projects? Uh, my idea for the erotic grotesque nonsense series was just to, I did, I noticed that there's kind of like a movement right now with, there's like a lot of filmmakers right now that are making fetish gore films. You've got uh, Marco Melodia who made the channel 309 films. You've got Sam Hill, you've got Lucifer Valentine. You've got, um, I'm blanking on his name right now, Sado Messiah Productions. Um, so there's all these people that are making like this fetish gore content. What? Okay. So there's all these people making this fetish gore content. And so I was like, what well, wouldn't it be cool to make something kind of like the Guinea pig Guinea pig series consists of a whole bunch of different filmmakers who all made the theme within those films is splatter films. You know, they're all, they all, they all tend to have splatter content within them and i was like wouldn't it be cool to make an erotic or or a series similar to that that's centered around fetish gore and so that's where i got the idea for the erotic grotesque nonsense and my original intention was to get all of these filmmakers to kind of like jump on and we could actually like be a part of it um but there wasn't as much interest as i thought that there would be so i ended up just kind of doing it myself um but i don't have like a a definitive number that I'm planning on making or anything like that. But basically it's my little pocket of cinema, uh, my title, I guess for me to make, to explore the genre of fetish score, but I don't plan as a filmmaker to stay within that genre. So I, so I mean, as long as the genre is successful and people are interested in it, and as long as I have talent and people who are interested in being a part of it, I don't see a reason to end it anytime soon. I'm sure it'll come to an end at some point, but right now I think we're kind of like peaking, I guess, or something. People people are interested in it right now. So I don't know how many I'm going to make, but I definitely think that there's going to be, I've got probably like enough ideas for to make five of them. Um, but I also, I want to make a documentary. I want to make traditional horror films. I want to do things that exist outside of the, erotic grotesque nonsense name so it's kind of a long answer i don't really have a idea of how long i'm going to do it for um but i don't want to pigeonhole myself or uh typecast myself to just be the fetish core guy so um i definitely am going to be branching out more but just because i deviate from there at times doesn't mean i will stop making erotic grotesque nonsense films basically as long as people want like them i'll keep making them I want to see your take on a slasher film personally, but that's me. That's wishful thinking. Um, somebody wanted to know, Oh, do you think you'll ever do one? I mean, you've talked about it before that it's like more expensive, takes more actors and planning and stuff, but do you think you'll ever do one? If you had that, I do like slasher films. Uh, I really, I don't know. I like, I like gore. So if I made a slasher film, it would probably be pretty gory. Um, but like, I'm a big fan of the film pieces. I even, li- I liked the new screen that came out. I thought it was pretty brutal. Um, I do like slasher films. I, I do like, uh, like a, a lot of the teen camp slasher ones, like sleepaway camp and some of the first nightmare or, uh, Friday the 13th. Yeah. Like those are fun. 
Um, I, I, but like, I think I've expressed or someone made a statement that, that the content that I'm making kind of is unique. I'm bringing something new to genre films. I'm not recycling stuff. So I, if I were to make a slasher film, I would want to do something that adds to the genre or complements the genre. It's not like, Oh, I'm just regurgitating the same format that everyone's been doing. I, I would want to sit down and think of a concept that, uh, that obviously gives homage to the genre, but brings something fresh and new to the table. And I haven't thought, sat down and thought that out yet, but I, I mean, there's always the possibility of that in the future. And Rob wants to know, how do you go about finding people for your films? Um, I have a lot of friends who are sex workers, so I'll reach out to them and ask them, um, if they want to be in, in films like, uh, Jessica Murphy, who is in Symbolicus, she's just a friend of mine. Um, I reached out to Felicia. Like people, I mean, just through like working with like Marcus and Jesse and working with Felicia, like, um, I've built good relationships with them. And so they'll say, oh, I, I've got a friend who might be interested in doing X or whatever. And so now I feel like I'm, I'm forming my own community of people that have other resources. But in the beginning, when I first started, it was honestly just like reaching out to friends and being like, Hey, will you model for my thing? Or, Hey, will you be in this? Like, like a lot of people ask uh, who the girl is in the beginning of my cinema's underbelly intro. Like that's just a friend of mine, you know? Uh, so that's kind of, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, Awesome. Um, we got a couple more and then we'll sh- shut it down, but is there an obscure film or little scene movie that you don't see mentioned by fans that you'd recommend? An obscure film that I don't see people mention that recommend. That, that you'd recommend obscure or little scene movie. You don't see mentioned that you'd recommend. Uh, inter- well, there's a lot of them, but what comes to mind right now, cause I'm a big fan of like, I've got found footage on my mind, especially with us doing a screening of The Degenerates. There's a couple early found footage films that I don't think get the, a lot of attention. So um, a lot of people think that, or I've heard people make the statement that they think that found footage like started with The Blair Witch Project. And The Blair Witch Project is what popularized it. But the genre really like started with um, Cannibal Holocaust first film that incorporated that concept but at least to my knowledge the very first film to ever actually have the entire narrative be presented as on footage was a film called uh 84 which is a war film and oh, you cut out a little bit what's it called you repeat it you broke up yeah you broke up when you said the name of the, the movie 84 charlie mopic and it's from 1989 wow and it's a war film and it's basically this cameraman who's following a troop during uh the vietnam war and they're recording the footage i don't remember what for i think maybe for training or something and they get attacked and it's like watching this this found footage of this military thing and so that that is a film that i don't hear people talk about a lot i think that's really interesting some pre some other pre blair witch found footage films is like the last broadcast 
which has to do with these cryptozoologists going out and trying to make a documentary on the Jersey Devil, and they I love that and they movie. Die in U.S. fighting their head too. So that's a, that's another rare film that people don't talk about. There's also um, there's two of them. So there's one called Incident in Lake County, and then there's another one called The McFarson Tapes, and they both were made by the same filmmaker, and they're very early alien abduction found footage films. And I think they both came out in the early 90s as well. And the very first film he made was the McFarson tape. Um, and for a long time, that was like the really obscure one. And then he remade it, and it's called uh, Incident in Lake County. And it's funny because for a long time in the bootlegging world, you could easily get Incident in Lake County, but it was almost impossible to find the McFarson tape. Like, like it was almost like legendary. Like people were like, oh, that one doesn't exist. But then what now that things are getting released, the McFarson tape got put out on Blu-ray, but um, Incident in Lake County is still stuck in dead format hell. So now the super rare one is the one that you can easily get on Blu-ray, and the one that was easily accessible is the one that's more obscure now. So, I don't know, it's just some interesting I actually, stuff, but that's, that's I actually watched those. I actually watched those recently, and they're pretty crazy. They, I, I love the uh, big farce and tape and incident in Lake County. I think those are awesome. And and uh, 84 Charlie Mopix are really, I don't know, if you're just interested in the history of found footage, they're really interesting. Yeah. Um, random question. What's your opinion on rating boards like BBFC and the MPA? My opinion is kind of mixed personally. Idea is good, but resulting in censorship is pretty bad. That's from Peppa Pepperoni. Uh, I am adamantly against censorship of any form. Um, I think that if you're an adult, you should be able to access and look at whatever you want and you, uh, should have, I don't know, you need to be accountable for your shit. I think that's one thing that's frustrating about society right now is that, uh, it's almost like people find disturbing stuff on the internet and get offended and then go, someone needs to take this down. People shouldn't be able to access it. And it's like, no, you need to have some accountability with your own decisions and know your own boundaries. And when you see a trigger warning that says, hey, this involves rape and murder, and you go, I'm sensitive to rape and murder, you need to make the decision, I shouldn't watch this. Don't take away other people's ability to access that, you know? Because we already talked in this discussion about how um, how this kind of cinema can be cathartic for people and therapeutic for people. So... I don't think that we should take away people's rights to be able to access things. I do think that it's smart to put content warnings in the beginnings of stuff. But in the grant, but more specific to that question, I do think like ratings boards like the BBFC and um, the MPAA and stuff like they're. Oh, you cut out. You there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can yeah. hear you now. I feel like those boards, to me, as a as an independent filmmaker, are irrelevant. I don't care what they think. And honestly, I would love, I'd be interested to hear what the BBFC or the MPA thinks about the degenerates. I know I'm going to get an X rating, you know? And yeah. I would just wear that like a badge of honor, <laughs> you know? Because uh, I, I think that they don't realize people who censor films or, or ban films don't recognize that when it comes to extreme cinema... That's the best way that you could market this kind of stuff. You know, the yeah. whole reason I gravitated towards Cannibal Holocaust was because it was marketed as being so banned in 50 countries, you know? So I think that 
I guess they, I guess they have relevance and import, like people talk about trigger warnings and content warnings, like a rating is a content warning. You know, if it says that it's rated R, it's restricted for adults, you know, and now it'll even say specifically down at the bottom for abhorrent scenes of violence, you know? So if you look at that, that's the one I saw, I saw, I saw something that made me laugh online and it was like, someone some mom was upset that she took her friend her son to go see deadpool and she's like i took him to see a a superhero movie and it was so disgusting and they're like they should have had some kind of warning and someone commented and was like you mean an r rating you know (laughs) so i think that there's a problem where people just don't pay attention to to that kind of stuff but i don't know I'm i'm kind of all over the place answering this question i but i mean I'm kind of indifferent to the BBFC and uh, the MPAA, but I do have Once again, you're glitching now. Yeah. Hello? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. um, I do have a question. Uh, I mean, we might have talked about it, but are you a, a Christopher Rage fan? Yeah. I'm just kind of curious. And do you think that uh, him will ever see the light of day? No. I mean, maybe. I mean, there might be some, like, boutique label that will do an official release, but I don't really see at least the stuff that people are, that, like, seek him out for, you know? Like, I don't think people, there's a big enough audience that wants to watch gay scat porn for it to... Get well, true, not all of it's scat, but yeah, but uh, I get you. But I know, I know, uh, I, I know. Not about the Jesus movie that he came or he supposedly came out with that's lost the lost gay, um, the Jesus film, the lost gay coronavirus Jesus film. Yeah, I think I think there's titles within his catalog that will that might get some recognition or or might get an official release through a boutique label. But I think that like the a lot of the stuff that people at least within like the extreme underground hunt down for. I don't know if those will ever uh, get beyond being bootlegs. Yeah, I feel like that's like the true um, like testament to see like how many Christopher Rage movies you have <laughs> to see how extreme really you are. <laughs> All right, I think that's good. We're way past two hours, so um, thank you everybody for coming. Is there any more questions? Um, Christian. No, I'm done. I'm okay, cool. Videos. Yeah, I didn't want to abruptly just end it, but it's been over two hours, and it was a really good show. I think we got a lot of good, good talks, and that was an awesome movie. So thanks so much for sharing it with us, and we'd love to yeah, have no you for whatever projects. Remember, you can always come here to promote promote your stuff. Um, thank you, I appreciate it, and thank yeah, you to I mean, everyone. I mean, to go to older uh, projects too, like stuff you came out before in Vile Video. You know, we can go into the, some of the, you know, Carving Cadaver and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Carving the Cadaver is really just kind of like a well, audio. I say that as an example, but you know, you know what I mean. Like anything would be kind of good. Like maybe we can look in some some other films. Yeah, I, I'd be down. I think that'd be cool. I'm totally. Totally down. I really liked everyone's questions, and uh, I hope everyone enjoyed the film. And if anyone wants to talk to me further, you guys can message me. I'm on a. I'm currently on a two day Facebook ban, uh, but you guys can message me on Twitter. And actually, I'm gonna plug this right now. Everybody, follow me on Twitter because that's like my main 
place right now and they don't censor me there i share a lot of really gross like uh puke porn and shit on there and <laughs> it's just you want you want jonathan doe uncensored and unhinged follow is me it under Twitter. jonathan doe or is it under one of your names like future it's, a, it's putrid prod so putrid, putrid prod P-R-O-D. you can link that if you want to to self-promotion um i would love to check that out i just joined on twitter i'll post it right now follow i'm gonna post it right here cool but yeah i've i've only got like maybe 700 people following me on there and uh like the smallest smallest group of people on any of my social media so people hit me up on there i just posted it yeah it takes a while i yeah i just started twitter too but it seems like it's easy recognition once you get started it's like it's definitely a big well i mean like it's like all the all the people that everybody likes is on there like felicia's on there and she can post her stuff uncensored and same with uh everybody else you know so it's a good i'll keep it's that a good in mind. thing Especially yeah if facebook gives me any more grief i might just say fuck facebook in general yeah just use facebook to link to your twitter though. or I mean, something I, I mean i, I was I, really I, active on facebook but i've been getting in trouble too much i think i think like i got flagged by someone another watching me or some shit so uh, a little annoying yeah, I'd have to say because it seems like you have to be watched because like I posted that all over and so many and so many other people did too and none of us got anything. Yeah, I was for nudity or whatever. Uh, yeah, people might be watching you a little bit, which is unfortunate. What are you yeah. Do? <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, thank you everybody and thanks for supporting my work and uh, we're gonna have erotic grotesque nonsense three. Uh, defilement of a porcelain doll later this year. So keep a lookout. Cool. Thank you again. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks a lot. See ya. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.